Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I am Jordan Dyler Coleman. I am joined by Elliot Tanti and Braden Dyler Coleman. And boys, this is our last show of 2023. Yes, we will have our best of the year show come out uh, just before New Year's, but this is our last meeting. The last time the three of us shall meet in the year uh, of our Lord, 2023. Uh, I, I wanted to sound kind of festive. I don't know how it came off, but. Well, it sounded like uh, a little more lordy than I think you intended. All right. Yeah, well, I didn't know that the year 2023 was our Lord. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's just how they used to though, say it. In yes. the year of our Lord, 1342, <laughs> when the Great Plague came, the scourge. Um, anyway, it has been a good year. Honestly, <laughs> lots to talk about. Let's get to it. Here's topic one. Okay, so um, some of this might be familiar to those longtime listeners. We hit 100 episodes uh, this past year, so we know we have some dedicated listeners out there. Uh, however, we are also going to introduce a brand new segment to our year-end show. Um, we'll do that in topic two. But the first one is kind of a, a an update, let's say, on something we've done for the last two years where we did like a kind of a, like a, a look back at the year. It was like, you know, biggest stories and things we liked or didn't like or whatever. But I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm calling it our end of year roundup because we've started doing this thing a couple times a month on this show where like I just throw a whole bunch of random uh, sports stories from around the, the sports world at you and you kind of react in real time. So you haven't been prepped on these, but I have a, a rundown here of a few specific things I wanted to kind of wrap up for the end of the year. Um, some of them are ongoing stories, teams that are still currently playing, and some of them are like the season's over. We haven't even talked about off season. So we'll talk about those as we go. Let's start with um, our, our new favorite sport on this show. We have spent more time talking about this sport in the last 12 months than in the combined 24 months previously in the two, the two years before. And that was baseball. Much to Braden's uh, pleasure, we have spent a lot more time talking baseball. Let's start with the official baseball team of the Hattrick Sports Podcast, the Padres. Elliot, just really briefly, give me your synopsis, your conclusion for what 2023 was for the San Diego Padres. Complete, utter, devastating failure. This was a team that was meant to win the World Series this year. They brought on Juan Soto. They have Tatis. They had an outstanding bullpen. This team was supposed to go 182-0. and um, <laughs> They didn't, obviously. <laughs> Uh, and actually we're ended up the season two games above 500. We waited this entire year expecting them at some point to turn this around, to go on some 14 and two run. It never happened. It's awful. And now they've sold their team and they've, and they've lost. And unfortunately, uh, God rest his soul. That's pastor Jordan. Uh, they've lost it at one of the, you know, their owners. Um, it's been a, it's been a devastating year for the Padres and it's been really sad. And, um, you know, I was right there with them all the way through it this year. And it's just, it's, it's just horrific. It's, it's horrific. all the way through Elliot, all the way through, you know, I, I may have checked the app once a week. <laughs> As you mentioned, they through. finished the season 82 and 80 third place in the NL West. Um, I guess this is the way we should do all of these for the ones where there's already been a clear conclusion. Uh, 
Juan Soto leaves, but what else do you expect the Padres to do here? And do you think that the Padres will be a contender next season or are they entering a period of transition? You know, I think one of the things about Soto leaving is it gives them a lot more opportunity to bring in other players and sort of strengthen their team or diversify the team, get more depth, uh, which is probably something that they needed and and what was the miss this year. The problem with being the Padres is that you're in the same division as the LA Dodgers, and we all know what just happened there. So we'll see. I think they will field a competitive team. I think this is a retool more than a rebuild. Uh, and retool might even be a bit strong for the Padres. I think they could potentially be competitive. They've got still some really good pitchers. They've still got to tease. Um, we'll see where it goes, but it's very difficult to predict anything. One of my staff does this like spreadsheet game where he like plays baseball teams based on stats and, and talks about it all the time. And he said there is no more difficult team to predict the future than the San Diego Padres just because of the massive contracts that they have and the uncertainty around their finances moving on. It's going to be a story and it's going to be interesting to watch. And for us Padre fans, it's going to be, you know, probably difficult at times, but there's, you know, there's always hope. Are you are you suggesting you work with Bill James, the creator of uh, Fancy Stats? I, I don't work with Bill James, but uh, one of his prodigies. Copy. Okay. All right. A, a savant, a stat so, sheet savant. What would have um, happened like three years ago when we first started talking and first started claiming the Padres as the official uh, baseball team of our podcast? If it wasn't the Padres, what would have happened if it was, say, the Reds or the Marlins? Would Elliot be as a fanatic as he is? When Elliot does anything, he does it all the way. So yes, I believe he would have fully the way invested. Through. I think he would have fully invested in the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds or the Pittsburgh Pirates or the you know, Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Uh, yeah. In fact, I have a New Year's resolution for Elliot. Elliot, I would love it if you could get really, really emotionally invested in college volleyball, but not the women's. I want a men's college volleyball. The women's game gets a lot of attention. They played it like a stadium. Men's college volleyball in the United States gets no coverage whatsoever. And I think that that's a crying shame. And I think you should become Canada's advocate for it. Yeah, that's what I'm really concerned about is that a men's collegiate sport isn't getting enough attention. (laughs) (laughs) Leave no man behind. All right. All right. Braden, we'll turn our attention to the unofficial team of the podcast. Uh Uh-huh. The other baseball team we okay god i hope you get a new microphone in the new year is it no good <laughs> it just comes in and out and in and out well, that's kind of but i, I trust our time. listeners know exactly hang what you hang on intend. hang on hang on no 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 i have prepared this because usually this is the point where you're like jordan you're talking out your ass but the truth uh, is i'm not all right ready for this mm-hmm they finished the season 89 and 73, third place in the AL East. They but who are we talking about? At the wild in the wild card series to the Minnesota Twins. John Ugh. Snyder still the GM there, and they weren't able to secure either of the two players you guaranteed me they would get at least one of. So tell me right now, in you. as I gave Elliot, I will set it up the same way. Summarize right. for me in like a sentence or less what 2023 was for the Toronto Blue Jays. A complete and utter 
disastrous no, devastating, failure. I believe he said devastating <laughs> failure. I was close. I was so close. You were very close. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, failure. I, I, as the Jays are want to do, they're in on everyone, and they will continue to be in on everyone. They are continuing to push a, a team. I, I actually think they're in a better position moving into the next season than the San Diego Padres are. Hmm. Uh, I think the Padres are going to continue to sell. I, I would, I would. It's an audio take, medium, Elliot. It's an audio medium. Okay, I that's would hot much take clearer. Say, that the uh, the Fernando Tatis Jr. is no longer on the Padres in the next. Whoa, um, I don't think it's a full fire sale, but they've indicated that they want to be. Uh, Are we talking about the Padres or the Blue Jays? Yeah, what happened here? We're really pivoting away from the. Uh, the uh, I'm showing the comparison here, as I think that the Jays. Uh, well, what I was going to say is, I think the Padres are going to try to move away from 200 million dollars in the offseason, and I think that the Jays could argue that they will be adding. Uh, two hundred plus million dollars in free agency. Uh, this this off season, I think Ooh. that they. Well, I think that they're still in on Cody Bellinger. They're gonna be. They're gonna make a really big splash here. Uh, with an outfielder, I think, and they're gonna be trying to bring in, um, more left-handed hitting to round out their their lineup. Um, I'm surprised that John Schneider kept his job. Frankly, uh, I think that there were some moves all the way through the season, all 182 games um that he, you you could you could argue were were not the right um moves and it proved costly for the Jays in in the playoffs um and and to end their seasons um so yeah a failure uh i'd love i'd love to see them actually make an impact um off 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 what was a season uh ex- similar to the padres expecting them to be in uh, a deeper playoff run. I All mean, right. the thing about it, though, I would say is that I, I I agree with, yeah, this was a failure. I think any playoff game that you get in MLB is special. And the Jays did that. So I don't know that you call it a complete failure. I think their offseason has absolutely been a, a failure of 100%. They can't sell Toronto to anyone things of any kind of value at this point. Um, but making How many play- of those playoff games did they win? No, I know, but just making the playoffs and getting there is is something. I, yeah, I think out there. I don't think it's stuck in. I don't think it. I don't think it's on the. But Braden, think- hang on, Elliot. Hang on. Just I. We can't let Braden slip that through us. There. Uh, can you say that again, Braden? Did they or did they not win a playoff game? I asked you. No, you. Okay, so you said they didn't win a playoff game, but getting there is something. You said. Yeah. Yeah, I believe we debated on the show whether or not they had prematurely celebrated a little hard for just getting there and you're acknowledging yeah and then they just completely and utterly shit the bed in the playoffs <laughs> all right that they did that Elliot, they I, did. I, I, I i cede the floor back to you we are not re-debating the the show <laughs> oh it's okay it will it will make a return but uh no i i, I think they, they i don't think it was a complete failure i mean i think their offseason has been a failure and i will and i would say that but at the end of the day like this is a team that for many years, many years of me growing up, like I don't remember the World Series Jays. Uh, for many years, this wasn't even, there wasn't even. I never a- saw them in the playoffs. And yeah. frankly, I cheer for the Padres and I thought I was guaranteeing a World Series and they didn't even make the playoffs on their end. So, you know, I think there is something there. I appreciate that it's disappointing and it was a disappointing outcome. Um, but I don't think it's a failure. I think that's strong. Okay, great. So that concludes the the baseball conversation. Hopefully, 
till the spring. We can be done with that. Moving on. The, Just wait till our next let's topic. Let's talk about some more failures. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, 40, 41 and 41 last oh. season. Oh, okay. uh, they fire their head coach at the end of the year. They failed to make the playoffs. Uh, we see players like Van Vliet leave. Uh, we see a clear shift in direction. Although, again, still Masai Ujiri's team, still a lot of the same core. And much like the Blue Jays, they seem to be a team that is struggling a little bit right now to figure out exactly where they're going to go because they don't have that star you really need right now to be an elite team in the NBA. Um, There's a lot of kind of hoping that one day one of those guys might shuffle to them again, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, And now we're in, what, three quarters of the way, not even a half half a season into this next iteration of of the Raptors. So... Um, this one's a little bit different, Braden, because we kind of com- you have a bit of two halves. You have the second half of last season and the beginning half of this season. What are the differences you see in this team from where they were in the f- spring, um, missing the playoffs to where they are today, um, you know, in December? Well, the nucleus of this new team is Scotty Barnes. And uh, I think that he's just getting better and better as as they progress. But I think that they acknowledge that they're they're in a transitional phase here. Um, they, they are bringing in stopgap free agents, um, guys who are proven that can, you know, that can make losing Fred Van Vliet uh, easier and bringing in Dennis Schroeder. Uh, they've got guys like Garrett Temple and Otto Porter Jr. These are veterans who are going to continue to sort of guide this younger team along. But I do think that this is the last year we see Pascal Siakam on the team. And I think OG Ananobi likely will also have to um, um, find another home. And that's not because they're not valuable guys. It's because they are valuable guys and they're, they're assets that can, you know, we've seen in the NBA year after year. Uh, a guy like that can garner some significant assets in return. So uh, I think I think the Raptors, uh, although still competitive, I think they're going to continue to sort of push the draft and and push their younger core uh, forward with Scotty Barnes at the helm. All right, let's leave basketball alone for a second too, uh, uh, and we'll move to uh, the team we probably talked about the most uh, last season here, Elliot. I'm going to go to you first. I will cut this one in half. Similar to what we did with the Raptors. There's kind of two stories to talk about. Let's start with the end of the season, the beginning of the year for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they finished last season second in the Pacific, um, 50, 23 and nine, 109 points on the year. Jay Woodcroft behind the bench. Still, they make it into the second round of the playoffs for the second consecutive year, but that's as far as they go losing four, two to the Vegas golden Knights It's the second year in a row. They've beaten the Los Angeles Kings in the first round. Uh, Connor McDavid wins the heart um, and the rocket Richard. And he has over 60 goals for, for, those looking back on fonder days for the Edmonton Oilers, 2023 ended statistically pretty well, but obviously not able to capture the ultimate prize. Summarize that part of that team for me when you look back on it. Um, it's a good question. I mean, lots of personal success, as you mentioned. You know, I think that that team was good enough to win the Stanley Cup. They just ran into the eventual Stanley Cup winners. For and the that's, second year in a row. That's like a real story. Yeah. And that's that's the story of the team, right? They they two years in a row they lost to to, to the Stanley Cup winners. And so uh that is very difficult 
to really sort of assess. I, I think that we're, we, the unfortunate thing is we've gotten to the point with the Oilers where experience, gaining experience isn't good enough, right? Maybe last year was the last experience of that where you saw like a top to bottom team and I'm I'm kind of tipping you off to what I'm going to say in future segments related to, to, to best teams. But, you know, you saw a top to bottom Vegas team that was had played four lines and six defense and was really strong in all areas and played defensively well. Similar to the year before where you lost the same team, which was a Colorado Avalanche team that had four lines and six defense and played really well top to bottom there. They've had two very difficult experiences going through those teams. And yeah, obviously, you know, the West has been dominant in the Stanley Cup thing. So, you know, I guess it's the last year where you're allowed to gain experience. That's how I would summarize it top to bottom. So what the hell are they doing now? Uh, not playing very well. <laughs> so if they've gained the experience necessary, then what what happened here, Braden? Uh, and how do you sort of summarize where we are in it? We've 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 kind of got this Jackal and Hyde team on our hands here, a team that had an absolutely horrific start to the year, couldn't seem to get a win to save their lives, and literally couldn't save their coach's life. Jay Woodcroft is is we out from behind the bench. In comes Knobloch. They kind of still stumble a little bit, and then they go on this eight game heater. All of a sudden, they're rocketing back up the standings and everybody's kind of taking a big sigh of relief. And then they they just spill three very winnable games in a row. And you really have to start to question what is fundamentally flawed here, because you can't be a successful team in the NHL when you're this streaky. Yeah, we we focus a lot about, you know, losing Jay Woodcroft, bringing in Noblecock. But I think that the... I think that we lose sight of the fact that we're we're still playing really good hockey and we're playing really good teams. Sorokin stood on his head tonight. The, the Oilers, the Oilers played well in the last three games that you like you said were were winnable games. Uh, I don't think that they are playing far off of what how how well they were playing in the eight game winning streak. I, I I still think that that team's there. It's a long season. They're going to lose games. Uh, I think that this is just, I think this, I mean, this is part of, part of winning is frankly losing. So I I don't disagree with you fundamentally on the idea that yes, seasons have ups and seasons have downs, but, but I want to, I want to draw your attention to one specific number here. The Edmonton Oilers finished second in the division last year, them to have some struggles in the sense that they didn't get the favorable matchup against a wildcard team. They were up against another very good LA Kings team again that they had to fight their way through. They didn't win the division and they only had 23 losses in regulation last year. The Edmonton Oilers of 2023-2024 are currently sitting on 15 losses and we're in December. So they are less than 10 losses away from having a worse record than last year when it comes to that. So you're telling me from this point forward like I guess that's my point is when you are when you're spilling games you should be winning that to me is a, is an indication that there is a there is an issue because good teams great teams I should say aren't losing those games consistently they might lose one and then they bounce back but when the Oilers start to go on these weird streaks as I say they get really hot and the confidence is there but the minute that confidence is gone they lose three in a row it's a little bit different to me than you sort of saying well 
teams are going to lose. I agree with you, but go look at the top of the standings. We've got the Vegas Golden Knights who have only lost seven games, the Canucks who've only lost nine, and the LA Kings who have only lost in regulation six times. Like that is that is where they have to figure out how they're getting to. And we're talking 10 additional regulation losses where you're not taking a point out of it. Uh, that is a significant step backwards for that hockey team in terms of the consistency, I think that is necessary to actually sustain success. And the challenge is, and I think this has been what's discussed is it's like, is this just a simple thing that they're not getting consistent enough goaltending? Is it that there are some system things that they're clearly still not trying to figure out with their new coach. But like when you win eight games in a row, there's no excuse to lose three in a row. As far as I'm concerned, you can lose one. Maybe you lose two, but you got to be able to bounce back. You have to have that resiliency and be skilled enough as a team to bounce back. And you can't just tell me it's hot goaltenders because you're right. Every goalie in the league that comes up against the Oilers is bringing their a game. They know who they're playing against. It's Connor McDavid and they're going to show up. So you have to be able to beat those guys. And that's, I guess what's weird is, for me is I can't diagnose what's wrong with this team other than the fact that there's something fundamentally flawed between the ears when you've got a team that is across the board feels like they they have this sort of like bipolar confidence thing where one game they're on fire the goals that they let in tonight against the Islanders they're they're, yeah turnover on a power play turnover but you can't be turning that puck over those are bounce those are just chances all right Elliot let's go Hold on a second here. I think you're dragging us into a conversation around something much more recent than a year in review show. And what I well, it's say, summarizing what's left of this year for this. Team. What I would say is, that, look, if the Oilers don't make the playoffs this year, then this is a conversation for the end of year show. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. Our expectation, everyone here, at the end of 2023, the expectation at minimum is that they are playing playoff games this year. And what is that still your expectation? Absolutely. 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 And I know it is theirs as well. And if that is not the case, then we have a very serious show year end show in a year's time. So I get that. I get that. I get that. But we're not talking. We do it. You're right. We do an NHL season in review show. That's fine. This is still the end of 2023. And this is a story ending 2023. The way I was going to tee up the last question for you is this. When you look ahead, to what's next for this team. What are those realistic expectations? And you can both say to me, the expectations are in the playoffs, Ben. I'm sure that's their expectation too. Yeah, well, that's fine. But realistically looking at it, 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 the math starts getting really, really tricky here if this team doesn't solve some of these fundamental issues. So do you not issues. think they're going to make the playoffs, Jordan? I would say I am, the, I am less confident today than I was four days ago when they had come off of an eight-game win streak. And like, what would you say I the am, fundamental issues are and how, how would they get around that? Because I don't see moving. I think Pat they have Campbell a fundamental problem in goal. It's not Jack Campbell. Well, you can't move them. <laughs> nope. No I way. don't know what the solution there is, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a fundamental problem. I'm not like you asked me two questions there. You asked me a question and then you expected a different answer, which was that if you're asking me what is wrong, I'm not going to give you solutions. I'm going to tell you what I see that there's a difference between that question and what do you think they should do? I think right now they have a serious problem between the net. They have one goalie who again, and I like if you want a single player who summarizes exactly what I was saying about the flaw in this team, it is Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner right now is incredibly streaky. He is capable of going on that a phenomenal run of goaltending, stealing games for them or holding them in games. They shouldn't have won on that, on that win streak and giving them a chance to win every night. And then, completely forgetting how to play the the, the position well, on other I nights. I think there's been a lot less of those games than there have been. Well, there's been three in a row for him one and one that was lost. Picard. However, he played exceptional tonight. 
No, he, he let in. No, he Absolutely. didn't. Look at the shots against Brayden. The shots he against the he lets great in takeaways that he kept the game. Yeah. He kept the game. Like he absolutely played well tonight. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree based don't on what I saw tonight. But I don't think it's goaltending. I don't think it's goaltending. Wow. I think I. I coaching I, probably need a coaching change. No, I. 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 I don't think it's that. I think it's. I think they've had bad. Like you know, as a Padres fan, <laughs> I feel they've had very bad luck. On a lot of different fronts, and the streakiness of this team is related to yeah confidence, but it's just luck. No, you make I, your own luck in that playoffs, sport. They'll limp into the playoffs and they'll make it to the second round, and they'll be an underdog the entire time they're there, and then they'll win the Stanley Cup. So and I okay, I I I don't. You're right. I don't want to drag this out too long. I can't. I can't let that one go by though. Like, there's no way this is just luck. I'm sorry. In this sport, you build your own luck by making smart decisions. And when they were winning, they were making very but smart. Pucks rolling off your stick. Isn't, it isn't it about is, that, Brady. I will give you three examples from the hockey game you all watched today, and I know you watched that hockey game on a power play, five on three. You have one of their players break their stick. And instead of making the simple play, either passing it back to Bouchard for the shot or putting the puck, at, Nugent Hopkins tries to feather it yeah, through the right. legs. Through the legs. In one that, game, in you're right. Year, but those, those add up, Elliot. Those That's all right. add up. And what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, go watch teams right now that are successful. Go watch how they're playing. And fundamentally, the Oilers are constantly shooting themselves in the foot. And that is a systemic thing. They're very skilled. This is the problem that came out of the uh, out of the training camp where they spent too much time with Connor McDavid. What's the old quote from uh, from Glenn Sather? We'll be a fine team as long as everyone else, everyone on the team doesn't think they're Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that's where everyone thinks they're Connor McDavid at this point. They're going Kulak's going to the net and throwing a bat behind the back pass into the slot when he should just fucking shoot. See, you yeah. agree with me? I know, I know. They're making bad decisions, but let's not take the on, on like games. on like a wholesale level. We are trying to do a year of the end, sh- end right, of year right. show, Jordan, and you all are dragging right. us into the mud. All right, let's we'll let's let's I'm really so, quickly. So, yeah, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely players who are playing like uh, sure they're making bad decisions. I would say overall they're making a lot better decisions than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. That is true, and I will agree with that. But I think that they they're still. They're like you have you have stemmed the spread of the infection, but there are still some very sick parts of this team that need to be figured out. And you either cut them out or you're going to have to try to get them fixed. Um, Let's really quickly, because I I wanted to make sure this got in there. Elliot, before I wrap up the roundup for this, can you please give us your biggest snooker uh, story from 2023? Biggest moment in the world of snooker. Oh, geez. There's been so many recently, including uh, (laughs) Jed. uh 147 i'm not sure if i ever told you guys about a worn 147 but that's when you hit every red ball and then a black ball consecutively and it's a 147 is a major thing in in snooker this year it continues to be ronnie the rocket o'sullivan who is just the greatest snooker player of all time he's basically the Connor mcdavid wayne gretzky of his generation of snooker and as he ages he's aging so gracefully and so wonderfully in a game that is so perfect and so precise um, and he continues to win tournaments. And so, yeah, if you're looking for excellent things, either Snooker, Google, Google search Snooker 147 or Snooker Ronnie O'Sullivan, you will not be disappointed. All right. Let's leave it there. That's topic one. 
Hey, podcast listeners. My name is Larise Campbell, and along with my co-host, former Olympic bobsledder, Alicia Olson, I am so excited to introduce you to the Mother Pucker Podcast. And if you love the Oilers like we do, you are going to love our show. It's just two gals who aren't afraid to drop the gloves and throw some hot takes about the boys in blue and orange. Whether you're a massive hockey fan like us or just looking for some new voices talking about the Oilers' blue line, or lack thereof, we promise the show is for you. So subscribe now and tell your friends. It's time for the Mother Pucker Podcast. All right. For our second topic today, we're going to introduce a new fun game that we haven't played ever before, Braden. I mean, it's not really a game. It's more of a of an, a handing out of awards, we'll, we'll, we'll say. Uh, what I do want is for us to come up with some fun names for these awards. Um, uh, we'll call them the Hatties overall, but we need uh, some names for each individual award. And they can either be like the name of, uh, you know, like a famous athlete who should, their name should be attached to it, like the, nice, you know, nice. the Con Smythe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe there's also some pl- playful, uh, fun names for each of them. So we'll go through them. Um, and figure it out. I'm going to give everybody the categories really for really quickly. And then the way this is going to work is I'm going to go through each of these, each of these awards and the three of us are each going to nominate someone. And then we will have a brisk, but you know, heartfelt debate about which one we think. And we, as a three have to vote on who we think it is. I will break all ties. There are three of us. Hopefully we don't end up with ties because if we all three agree on one person, that's who it is. Um, all right, so the th- the four categories we have uh, for the inaugural edition of the 2023 Hatties, uh, we have the team of the year. So the qualifications for this is that this does not necessarily have to be a team that won or anything like that. It's just the team of the year, the best team in their sport, whatever that is, and however you choose to define, you know, best. So team of the year, we have athlete of the year, I said athlete because it could be a team sport. Maybe there's an athlete in that or an individual athlete. It can be a singular athlete. Um, So no like two man luge teams. That doesn't work. Uh, Champ of champions. So we have the best championship. Uh, Now that could be an individual. That could be a team, whatever you, however you want to qualify it, but they had to have won the championship of their sport or the equivalency of that. Uh, and it's the best of, of for the year of that. And then the last category we have is our biggest loser. And that is who we feel um, was the biggest loser of the year. Now that could be, they physically lost the sport they are participating in, or again, you can interpret that as you will. Again, we need some names for these. So we're open to suggestions as we go along, boys, if you've got any fun names for them. Um, but let's start with team of the year and I will go um, uh, randomly selected to Braden first, Braden. Who would you like to nominate for the Hattie in the category of team of the year? You're muted. I don't think you can look uh, much farther than um, the the team that has absolutely dominated and potentially ruined the sport of F1. And that is the uh, Red Bull team led by Max Verstappen. All right. So you've gone with Red Bull. Uh, and would you like to give us any... Uh qualifications as to why you believe they're the best team uh, they they shouldn't be in the league anymore frankly i think that they um they have far surpassed the uh the league that is f1 and um, they are all dominant um that that's pretty much it all right uh that's a good nomination elliot who would you like to nominate for team of the year 
you know, I'm going to abstain because I had not thought of Red Bull, but yeah, Red Bull is the best team. And uh, that's just where my head's, I, I, there's two votes right there. Who are you going to say? <laughs> Long live Red Bull. Who are you going to say? Here, Jordan, I will get I you out of date. No, 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 no. Hang on. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna set you out of purgatory here. I'm gonna nominate here. Mercedes just because it's no, 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 another no, time. No, 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 no. No, I expected this to go. Is it, Jordan? My team right here is Red Bull. Oh. I was going to nominate Red Bull, so it's already that they're gonna win it. The question, Elliot, sincerely, who were you going to nominate for the sake so if of? So I, if I had to choose, if, if you would say selected me first, and then I had not, you know, yes. Never- Long live Red Bull. Uh, I would have picked the Las Vegas Knights. I thought they were a complete team uh, up and down. And as I said in the last segment, four lines. Uh, they figured it out when they needed to figure it out. Uh, they won their division, and then they went on to win the Stanley Cup and uh, and made everyone proud of Vegas. So that was going to be my team. But, I, you know, that's neither here nor there because long live Red Bull. So, uh, okay. So Re- Vegas – can win the award now then no um yes a red bull is the decisive winner here it's not even close uh we talked a lot on our other show obviously this season a lot about red bull because there was a lot to talk about uh record setting year for them uh winning all but one race as a team um uh only uh ferrari was able to catch them on one occasion every other race going their way uh, I believe only two occasions their top driver, Max Verstappen, was not on the top step of the podium, and that was or three times, I guess, if you include the loss. But the other two were his teammate was on uh, in in first position. So Red Bull for me is the most one of the most dominant uh, Formula One seasons of all time. Would have been even greater dominance if they'd actually raced all twenty three of the scheduled twenty three. They only raced twenty two, but they still had the most successful winning season in the history of the sport. So easily team of the year. Congratulations, you are the inaugural winner of the Hattie for team of the year. Yeah, I don't know what what do we call this one. The horny horny award. Call it the Red Bull Team of the Year award. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm not sure that that will stick, but we'll uh, we'll work on that. We'll we'll continue to workshop that team of the year. What were you going to call it? Horner, Horner, the Horny Award. Oh, I Horny. see. For Christian Horner. The Horny. Clever. The Horny. Oh. The Hattie Horny. <laughs> All right. The Hattie Horny for Team of the Year. I'm writing it down. This is, this is slowly just becoming the Hattrick Sports Podcast Christmas party, I got to say. Yeah. All right. All right. Our next Hattie is for the category of Athlete of the Year. Uh, Elliot. As you seem to be very easily persuaded by the suggestions of other people, I will let you go first this time. I'm going off the board, gentlemen. But I think this is a young man of... Patrick Rocket O'Sullivan. No, no, sorry. (laughs) No, 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 not Patrick O'Sullivan. No, I think this is a young man who's got a great future ahead of himself, who has captivated the golf world, who has really sort of excited... Uh, and moved us past this live PGA tour sort of fight that's been going on and gotten people excited about the future of golf. And that, of course, is Charlie Woods, who is a son of Tiger. The year? He is athlete of the year. He has reinvigorated this sport. He's taken it out of the conflict of live PGA. People are watching this guy. I'm getting updates on where he's at in his high school tournaments. Obviously, he just did. There's some recency bias here because he did just play 
in the uh, tournament with his dad over the weekend. Um, but he's got the personality. He's got uh, the looks. And more importantly, he's got the skill. And for whatever he is, 15 or 16 years old, I think he is uh, the athlete that's captivating them the most. And I, maybe this is a bit early. Maybe I'm a couple years early on this one. But I'm going to say Charlie Woods, athlete of the year. Yeah, that's definitely off the board. Uh, is he competing in any yes. sanctioned sport other than the one golf tournament he gets to do with his daddy? Uh, I, I think he does high school golf. Okay, he's in high school. The kid looks like he's in like junior high. All right, Braden, uh, bring some sanity back here. What are you? Who are you nominating? Well, there's some really good, really, really good honorable mentions. Um, All right, uh, you're welcome to share them. Uh, well, I, one honorable mention would be Mr. $700 million man, Otani, who locked down a contract while having shoulder I thought surgery. That's I think his that nickname? That's... I thought his nickname was Up Yours, Toronto, Otani. Yours, <laughs> Otani. Yeah, could be. Might as well be at this point. Uh, another being Wembenyama, uh, an electric new superstar to come into the NBA. But I'm actually going to tip my hat. Uh, wait, this isn't hats off. This is a hat trick of a... <laughs> What's the award? What's this award? Athlete of the Year. I think Leo Messi deserves this. I know that he did some pretty remarkable things 2022 in the the, um, World Cup, but uh, moving over to the MLS, he's completely reinvigorated um, soccer in North America, uh, especially down in the uh, south of south of the United States. So uh, I think uh, I think Leo Messi deserves Athlete of the Year. So we have, for the second time in a row, agreed on something, Braden. So well done on that front. I also was nominating uh, Mr. Messi. Ironically, not his greatest accomplished season when you think about it, but he's coming off of a World Cup uh, last year. Um, You could argue he was probably, he would have been nominated, could have been nominated the same category last year for winning the World Cup the way he did with Argentina. But this year for me, he took a step forward uh, beyond just athlete, the way we have seen athletes like Tom Brady or the way we have seen athletes like Michael Jordan in the past, where they literally have dominated the sport to the point where they are a household name, singular name, Messi, and decide they are ready for whatever that next thing is. In the case of Tom Brady, it's signing a deal with Fox. He probably will never actually honor, but in Messi's case, it was recognizing that there's really nothing left to prove in European soccer. And instead he'd like to go and get some of that Apple money Uh, coming over to the MLS, making the MLS interesting for a few months, uh, helping Apple out with that deal that they had signed that really wasn't working for them. Basically takes a cut off of every broadcast in the league uh, and makes David Beckham look even better at the end of the um, Netflix documentary he was already shooting when he made that deal happen. So for me, Messi, much like Taylor Swift, has sort of captured a different type of zeitgeist in like culture this year than than just what he was doing on the field. And I think that, that will continue as he gets into his second year in the MLS. Every city he travels to will become a circus when he's when he's there. I mean, we'll never see him here in Vancouver because he's not going to play on any non-turf field. Um, but. Regardless, he's made a huge difference. So yeah, I would not, I would vote for Messi as well. I'm sorry, Elliot. Charlie Woods is just gonna have to wait his turn. I mean, honestly, you guys, is this Forbes or is this the Hattrick Sports thing? Well, like, no. If it was Forbes, Shohei Otani would take the cake. <laughs> I, I, I held, I held some Actually, discretion there. Probably more made more money than. Sh- yeah, Shohei but Otani. this contract. Do you know the actual con? Like the actual like, deal. Like We've gotten really capitalist. That's yeah, like two mil a year, and then the topic, they're just gonna I, dump him with six hundred million. If there was yeah, gonna yeah. be someone that was gonna. That, 
capitalist. I, I wouldn't expect it from you too. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, uh, athlete of the year. Any suggestions, Elliot? Then you 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 want to make any suggestions? Exposure to the sport, accessibility to the sport, than it had anything to do with for the that. second time in a row, Elliot. You've picked the wrong team. So, what would you like to name this award? I think it should just be the Hattrick Forbes Award. Apparently, Forby, the Forby, the Hattie right. Forby. We have the the Hattie Horner, and we have the Hattie Forby, the Horny and the Forby. All right, uh, Champ of Champs. This is the really fun one. Give me your champ of champs. Uh, I went to Elliot last. I know. You know, I'll go first. How about I go first? I'll yeah, go, you first go first this time. Uh, well, okay. I have two here because I was expecting someone was going to say something else, but I don't know if you're also going to go with Red Bull again because you've already named them team of the year. They're definitely a potential nominee here, but if we've given them team of the year, I think it's fun to spread it out. I will give this to the Denver Nuggets and I'll tell you why the Denver Nuggets are a team that, uh, I think much like the Raptors a few years ago, if you had said, oh, in 2023, the Nugget, the Denver Nuggets are going to be world champs, no one would have believed you. And then you saw this rise of Jokic and more importantly, like just the fun that Jokic is and sort of this weird character that he is and the way that he was so sort of like almost uninterested in the fact that he just won a championship and that press conference. He's just sitting there being like, no, I wanted, I just want to go home. And I loved it. I thought everything about it was just, it was sincere. It was heartfelt. And I really liked that. It wasn't uh, just going to the Lakers or the golden state warriors again. And it was kind of fun to have a new team in there. So I would like to crown the champ of champs this year as the Denver nuggets. That's my nominee. Elliot, who do you have? Yeah, so I went in a bit of a different direction. When I was thinking of champs of champs, I was thinking about like the best championship game or series or sort of like competitive atmosphere. Very difficult to argue with this year's Grey Cup. So I'm going to put it on the Montreal Alouettes. That was an outstanding game. Um, Some of that is when the quality of something is so low, when it's actually really good, in that sort of a situation. And I'm talking about the CFL. It can yes, be incredibly thank you. entertaining. Thank you. thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it can be uh, uh, <laughs> really fun to uh, be a part of. But no, actually, this year's Grey Cup was outstanding. And the Montreal, that's the, the finish, uh, the game, the, the last minute touchdown. I, I start to finish. It was close the entire time. That's not always something you get, not just in CFL, but just in football in general, whether it be a Super Bowl or otherwise. It's something special in that sport to have as the final game, given all of the buildup, all of the time, all of the energy that goes into it. I wasn't expecting a lot, and I was com- my socks were completely blown off. My champs of champs this year are the Montreal Alouettes and this year's Grey Cup. I can't argue with that. Anybody but them bombers. All right, go ahead, Braden. Who do you have? Well, I actually had the Kansas City Chiefs for, for that season that they had. They kind of proved that they're still... It uh, isn't about the season. It's the championship. Yeah, they won. I know. But uh, I, uh, after hearing the CFL uh, debate, I kind of I kind of am leaving towards the Montreal Alouettes. All right, well, it sounds like we have a consensus. Swinging my vote Our to the CFL up champs. north from the NFL. The Montreal, and and you know, just a little little love to the city of Montreal. Not only do they win uh, the Grey Cup, but a week later, the Caravan also won. Um, and huh, the Caravan. 
Oh, you're muted. Well, you just 2024 will bring some 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 better sound to this podcast. No, we can't hear you at all. Nope. Yeah, you gotta plug well, it in. I think. That out. What are we gonna name this award? Yeah, the team team is the Alouette is the Alouette. Ah, the the Wetty. The Wetty. The Wetty. You can't just name it after. <laughs> we are the inaugural. We've got the horny. This is how it goes. What's the second Orby. one? The hor- the horny, the horny, the Forby, and the Wetty. <laughs> the Wetty. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get to it. Hatties. Now, the nominees for this next category might uh, be a little bit different because I didn't give you the chance to do this as homework. Uh, My other co-host on another show, uh, Tyler Walzak, absolutely hates it when I ask him questions I haven't given him a chance to prepare for. So Biggest Loser. Um, this is the the one that you need to pick as far as who the biggest loser is. I will give you each an additional 30 seconds here to think about it because I will go first. My biggest loser of 2023 uh, was the PGA Tour. <laughs> and the fact that after going all in on fighting this war against the Saudi-backed uh, Live Golf Tour, they just folded up their camp and said, come on in. We'd love a little bit of that cold hard cash. And hung out some of the biggest names in golf who had really staked their reputations on holding the line for the PGA tour. I'm thinking Rory McIlroy, who was absolutely caught with his pants down and even Tiger Woods, who really like, I think it surprised a lot of people that Tiger Woods ended up backing the the PGA tour like he had. And then the PGA just absolutely folds. So they are my biggest loser of 2023. Uh, Elliot, who do you have? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and I sort of like how cutting it is. Mine was like a little bit more based on just kind of the reality of the situation. It has to be the Boston Bruins. Like this is like the best regular season team in NHL history or close to it. I mean, they were outstanding. And we all know what they did. It was like 62 wins or something like that. Like something ridiculous. And then lost in the first round of the Florida Panthers. <laughs> the eighth seeded team in the in the in the in the conference and yeah, just completely sort of fell apart. There's tons of these stories. I mean, there's that Patriots team that went what 16 and 0 and then lost in the Super Bowl. But to I, I, the reason why I think it elevates for me in terms of like the biggest loser of the year is that it's not like they had this amazing run in the season and then made it to the Stanley Cup and lost. They lost in the first round, you guys. So anyway, for me, last year's Boston Bruins biggest losers of the year. Uh, Braden, round us out here. Who is your biggest loser? Well, I'm going to round it out by claiming the San Diego Padres the biggest loser. Uh, I think that uh, I think that this podcast deserves more uh, from their official baseball franchise. Uh, they saw their 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 odds to win the World Series plummet from sixteen to one to thirty to one after uh, after losing the auto, <laughs> losing Soto. Uh, sadly, I think that, uh, yeah, I think the Padres are the biggest losers in 2023. Now I'm going to assume, Elliot, you, you, are you, were you going to, were you about to just acknowledge that or, or I yeah, thought you I, wouldn't I, be I, able to I, do it. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I think the only thing that's sort of like comparable to the Boston Bruins would be the San Diego Padres this year. Listen to me in this first segment. I'm devastated. I'm lost. Devastated. All right. So are you changing your vote to the Padres or are you going to come over to the PGA tour? I think, Oh, it's close, man. It's, it's got to be the Padres. 
but I think I'm going to go with the Padres. They're about All to right. lose even more players, and for that, we can officially name this award the Hattie Potty. Hattie Potty. All right, so we have the Hattie Horny. Horny. Horner? What do we say? Horny. The Hattie, the Hattie Horny. Horny. For team of the year, symmetry. The Hattie Four B for athlete of the year. The Hattie Weddy for champ of the champ of champs, and the Hattie Potty for biggest loser. And I think we're the biggest winners though on this show. That's 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 Potty with a series. A series of incredible sports awards. Yes, Potty with Potty with a D. All right, so our (laughs) official winners, the Hattie Horny for team of the year goes to the. Red Bull Formula One team. The Hattie Forby goes to for athlete of the year goes to Lionel Messi of Inter Milan. No, Inter Miami. Very good. <laughs> um, the Hattie Weddy for champ of champs goes to uh remind me who the hell we gave it to. To the, the Weddy, the Alouettes. That's right. The Montreal Alouettes. Uh that's right, led by Jason Moss. And uh, uh, yeah, that that anybody but the blue bombers and the Hattie Potty, the Hattie Potty, uh, for biggest loser goes to the San Diego could have been, should have been Padres. All right, that is topic two. Hey, football fans, the Ordinary Podcasting Network is very excited to welcome back for its second season, Running Down the Clock, presented by Puya Ricey and Tyler Walzak. These two football fans will sit down with you every Thursday of the NFL schedule to talk football. You can subscribe to Running Down the Clock anywhere you get your podcast. Um, all right, we're going to finish off our year in, re- or in review episode here, the last episode of 2023. What did I say earlier? In the year of our Lord, 2023, um, with hats off. So we did this last year. This year, or this category shifts a little bit from our regular scheduled programming now it is taking your hat off to somebody who deserves some acknowledgement for the entirety of 2023 Braden, who are you taking that uh, adorable little toque you're wearing off to i'm uh i'm gonna tip my adorable little toque off to uh who will go down as um a goat of the game um, lebron james continues to be one of the most exceptional basketball players that the world has ever seen. I'm tipping my hat off to him because he continues to push records. He continues to uh, cement himself as as a goat in the NBA, and I uh, freaking love him. Love the guy. And he won the the one the 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 inaugural and incredibly prestigious in season tournament. Oh, just another notch with in champagne the with champagne champagne goggles. <laughs> Elliot, who would you like to take your hat off to for 2023? Well, I, I'd like to take my hat off to uh, the GOAT in his sport. He continues to push boundaries and <laughs> records in everything he does. And that, of course, is LeBron James. <laughs> Get out of here. Pictures. We need you three. Pick the same. <laughs> we need a hat trick, Jordan. You, uh... no, 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 no. Who are you tipping your hat off to, Jordan? No. I have someone. And they are the goat. LBJ. Maybe no. it's Bronny James. LeBron James. Yeah, you seem to like the children of actually successful athletes, Elliot. So, <laughs> LeBron James is great. Uh, here's what I would actually. 
sure I think is. this year, I think this year as a Canadian, as oh. someone who I remember being uh, a young man going to Commonwealth Stadium at the U18 women's CONCAF thing that they did back then and watching her first game to see her now retire and all of the fanfare and fun around it. And just what she's done to inspire Canadian women and soccer players. Christine Sinclair gives my hat for the year. That's honestly, that that would honestly be where, I, where my head's at. Very proud to be uh, uh, a fellow Canadian of Christine Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, that goes mine. So uh, I will. I will well, I took Elliot's. You, took my, you can have mine too, Jordan. Uh, I will go. Um, with the goat, uh, the greatest of all time. <laughs> no, uh, I've already said his name once tonight, and I really do believe if you're going to win the very prestigious Hattie, uh, uh, the the Hattie Forby for Athlete of the Year, you deserve a little bit of extra acknowledgement. I will acknowledge um, uh, Lionel Messi for actually. You know who I should have done? I should have tipped my hat, and I am now. I'm going to change my mind. I'm tipping my hat to Roger. No, to. Uh, is it Robert? Robert Hershevik, who was on the plane everyone thought Otani was on. <laughs> that man, he got an entire news cycle. And all he was trying to do was just fly home, you know, to his billion-dollar apartment downtown Toronto. He that's one of the some- biggest losses, though. Like, that's some terrible reporting. John yeah. Maroshi should – I mean, I know he came out public and apologized for something like that. But that is some – that's you still would like a public flogging, is what you're saying. Well, it's just like... Like, that, walk him naked through the streets of it's Toronto, already, the bell ringing, shame, uh, shame, shame, and then he can finally have his due. I think that it should be uh, it should be enough for Toronto sports media to have a good reflection at what they have been providing um, for the last... However, right, my, hat, my hat will go off to Lionel Messi. Congratulations on winning the inaugural... Uh, I, it was close. Had you not pulled out the uh, Hattie Forby this year, you might not have got this nod, this this hats off. But um, I do want to just wrap that Otani piece up one more time with a little bow here, Braden. I do have a question about it. Do you think he gets booed when he plays in Toronto next? Absolutely. Ooh, yeah, probably. Yeah, like, probably. I think he'll be booed like, there. He'll be booed in L.A. at the Angels games. He'll, he'll... They don't play in L.A. They play in Anaheim. In Anaheim. The greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mercilessly, and he should. Yeah, he should. All right. I think <laughs> yeah, we have done should. a very good job uh, overall this year. So I will additionally take a hat off to the two of you for most weeks showing up. I would think, I would say our attendance was slightly under what it has previously been. But considering the fact that we hit the century mark in the, in the spring, Everyone kind of took a little bit of, you know, like that champagne hangover kind of thing, right? It's like once you celebrate a championship or in the Blue Jays case, just celebrate the fact that you finished what you have to do every single year, finish the fucking season. There's a little bit of hangover in their case. It carried on through the wildcard series and they'd lost two games. Our case, we just didn't show up every Monday. We will work on that next year. Um, thank you, everybody who, who joined us. Thank you, everybody who was along for the ride this year. We really appreciate it. As always, please, if you haven't already, subscribe, share it with a friend, uh, give us a rating. I don't know. Leave us a comment. Um, you can find out more about Follow this us on social media. Yeah. Yes. Follow us on social media. And if you haven't already, you can find out more about this show or the other shows from our network at ordinarypodcasts.com. This is the last episode. You're not going to hear from us uh, – 
like this for a couple of weeks. We're going to take a little bit of a break like we did most, most weeks. Yeah, till next year. But you will be able to still hear the dulcet tones of Braden Della Coleman, Elliot Tanti, and myself next week when we proudly unveil the three topics that we would love for you to listen to one more time. It's our best of the year show. Uh, one of the easiest things we do all year. We literally just pull up from the archives old clips from old episodes and let you enjoy them completely out of context and moreover completely out of date but uh i hope you enjoy it happy new year happy holidays and uh, that was hatrick hatrick is a member of the ordinary podcasting network it's produced every week by jordan dyler coltman and brayden dyler coltman and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook thanks for listening The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.